Richard and Bridget Saunders, Season 1, Episode 10. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of Revolutionary War Rarities, the Sons of the American Revolution podcast. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is Jim Maples. There are many, many people in American history that are truly memorable and heavily studied, but few people played a bigger role than Richard and Bridget Saunders. They were a very well-known couple prior to the Revolutionary War. Actually, Richard Saunders might well be the best-known, the most well-known founding father. Well, Jim, I know there are many people out there who are probably scratching their heads at this moment. Who in the world are Richard and Bridget Saunders? And if Richard Saunders was the best-known founding father, then why have I never heard of him, or Bridget for that matter? Well, it turns out that this founding father had many names. Richard and Bridget Saunders, Celia Shortface, Martha Careful, Harry Meanwell, Alice Addertongue, and Timothy Turnstone. That's just to name a few of them. And they were all a figment, a figment of this founding father's imagination, an invention or fabrication straight from this founding father's imagination, all just made up and presented in writings as real people. And Jim, it turns out that this founding father had many interests and was more accomplished than any other founding father. Some would argue that Richard Saunders might well be the most accomplished American in history. He was a scientist, a university founder, a publicist, a printer, an author, inventor, diplomat statement, and a political philosopher. And a lot of this started before he became 20 years old. Richard had the creative mind of Walt Disney, the science acumen of Einstein, and the writing prowess of Shakespeare. Well, many of you have probably already guessed it, but we're talking about Benjamin Franklin. Richard and Bridget Saunders is the name of the imaginary couple that Benjamin Franklin dreamed up for his publication, Poor Richard's Almanac. It turns out that Richard and Bridget Saunders were the best sellers of the day during colonial times, selling 10,000 copies annually. And they didn't even exist. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin Franklin, in my opinion, is the most interesting founding father, bar none. He was an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Uh, he frequently represented what everyone wanted to be. He frequently represented what everyone did not want to be. He is widely considered to be the greatest diplomat in American history. And the trivia around his works is endless. I can assure you that there will be numerous podcasts that we will be doing focusing on Dr. Franklin. But for now, Jim Maples, are you ready for some trivia questions? Yes, sir. Throw them at me. Okay. Question number one. Would you like to take a swing at the number of years of formal education which Benjamin Franklin had? Well, Jim, it turns out that most of Benjamin Franklin's education came from his own hand. He had two years of formal education, but had a thirst for learning. He would read any book he could get his hands on. He would frequently borrow a book in the evening, read the entire book that night, and return it the next day. Amazing. Okay, question number two. So why did Benjamin Franklin disguise who he was by using so many different names, such as Richard and Bridget Saunders, Silence, Do Good, etc. Well, Jimmy did that in order to hide his identity. 
starting with his pen name, Silence Duguid. He was an apprentice to his brother, James Franklin, who published the New England Current in Boston. At that time, Benjamin Franklin was only 16 years old, and his brother refused to publish anything that he wrote. So Benjamin Franklin got around this by secretly placing Silence Do Good writings under the door of his brother's office, who then published each piece not knowing that it was Benjamin who was writing these articles. The Silence Do Good letters were extremely popular and have become an important part of American history. And remember, they were written by a 16-year-old boy. Okay, so this question may seem out of place and not related to Benjamin Franklin, but you will see where I'm headed with this shortly. Do you happen to know the most common buildings struck by lightning during colonial times? Well, Jim, I guess that I don't think I've ever thought about that. Well, it turns out that it was churches. Now, it wasn't the wrath of God. It caused these buildings to be struck so frequently. Got any ideas why they were struck more frequently? Well, I would assume it was more from the wrath of science. Churches would have had steeples, and steeples would frequently be in the tallest structures in the area. So I would assume that lightning would strike those steeples. That's correct. That's correct. So this led Benjamin Franklin to create a technology which is still in use today. Got any ideas on this one? Yep, that would be the lightning rod. Absolutely, you're correct. Now, my ignorance would tell me that you don't want to draw lightning toward a building with lightning rods, but rather to create something that would deflect lightning from the building. And I guess that's why I'm not creating technologies like this. It turns out that lightning rods do deflect lightning. Lightning hits the rods instead of the buildings themselves, and the rods then transfer the energy into the ground. So, Jim Maples, do you know what major building in London had lightning rods installed by Benjamin Franklin? Yes, Jim, that would be St. Paul's Cathedral. That's absolutely correct again. And finally, did you know that Benjamin Franklin actually attended the coronation of King George III? That's right. The very king that we fought in the Revolution was bowed to by Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, one of the most impressive of our founding fathers, was a reluctant revolutionary. He was a British subject through and through who had plans on moving to London permanently before being humiliated in front of the British legislature. He became significantly frustrated for a number of reasons and ended up supporting the revolution with tremendous energy. And so it goes. Benjamin Franklin was once quoted as saying, if you are not to be forgotten as soon as you are dead and rotten, then write things worth reading or do things worth the writing. And that is exactly what Benjamin Franklin did. He was one of the most prolific writers of his time by age 16. And what continued throughout his entire life, including the editing of the Declaration of Independence. Whether you refer to him as poor Richard, silence do good, Richard and Bridget Saunders, or simply old Ben, his accomplishments are too many to be listed and discussed within the scope of this one podcast. So, You can expect more on Benjamin Franklin, the most interesting of our founding fathers. Thank you, Richard Saunders, for applying yourself to the times which you were given. Thank you for standing up for this great land and the people who occupy it. If not for your incredible diplomatic skills in bringing the right foreign resources to bear, we likely would not be the nation today. And for that, 
the sons of the American Revolution salute you. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is Jim Maples. And we thank you for joining us today. And please be sure to join us for the next episode of the Revolutionary War Rarities podcast. It's been a production of the National Society, Sons of the American Revolution, www.sar.org. Sign-off music today provided by www.maxcomusic.com entitled An Epic Story. Promoted by www.chosic.com. Usage license is available at www.creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by-sa slash 3.0 slash Maxco Music.